What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. A little bit. You were adamant in that green I was room. very adamant in that moment. and She was like, I'm celibate. Yes, I was very, very adamant about it in that point in my life. And it, it served its purpose. And it, it's something that has, I think, that people should attempt. I think we... By the way, that sounds weird. I was like, she told me she was celibate in the green room. That could sound shady. There was a lot of us in the green room. Well, I, did I, I don't think I proclaimed it because I'm, you know... I, I no, just, we were talking about, like, just love and relationships. And yeah. you were like, I'm celibate for like, and you said, I'm going to do a year, but you said you did it before. And I thought it was fascinating. It was an interesting experience. And I think it, it gives you time to do other stuff. So wait, just tell me the first, why did you do it the first time? You, it, unless you don't want to talk about it. Well, I think that it's important to know all aspects of yourself in all different scenarios. And there's only so many things you can do once and you can't go back and, I wanted to reconnect with me as me without anybody else contaminating my spirit or en- or energy. That's very deep, but makes a lot of sense. People don't consider the contamination of another human being and how that can be, I'll say this word again, detrimental to your health. Do you feel when you hook up? I don't hook up, but continue. Do you feel... <laughs> When you hook up, when <laughs> you hooked up, hooked, did you ever hook up? You've never hooked up? No comment. Your whole life, you're 40 years old, you never hooked up? <laughs> no comment. When the sudden did you join the nunnery? You're like, this bitch at the frozen aisle, four fucking dogs, well, cause I'm my period's coming. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. Amp flow. We talked about flow. Amp flow. I know. I love how sweet you are. It was. It was. It was flow. So hold on. Because, okay. Uh, because oh, let, it, okay, let me ask you this. Forget that. Yeah. When you have relations with someone. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's funny because you're being a little bit more reserved in this talk, and I love that because sometimes you'll get crazy on the gram. You'll talk on yeah. your pods a little sexual, so you're not. Yeah. And a good, and it's all good. So wait, let's go back. When you have relations with a man. If you're straight, which I believe you are, but I am you know, straight. Okay, I'm I'm a heterosexual. Okay, uh, which there's no labels. So you're, and when that happens, do you feel that energy, because of intimacy, can come onto you? I because I believe that now. I, I'm a. This is a word. This is a phrase that I hate to say because like if you have sex with somebody who has bad vibes, you can get those bad vibes in you. That's right, and that's why it's important to like. So you believe that? Be very, very cautious and particular and selective and say no and be fine with being particular. I don't like the word picky. Picky is has a negative connotation. I'm not picky. I'm particular. <laughs> and I also know about myself that I am very, very susceptible to people's energies yes. in any fashion, i.e. the grocery store, the bitch with the dogs at the grocery store. Uh, you know, family members, people I'm intimate with. I'm, I, I am a vacuum of other people's energy. And I think I've been that way my whole life. I do think it's uh, my essence is to be that, but it also ties into the thing that like your greatest 
contribution can be your biggest liability and your greatest asset can be your biggest liability. So I think my greatest asset is the ability to feel other people's energy and to anticipate what people need because I am a natural giver and, and, and an empath. But the downside of that is it can really um, deteriorate your your own energy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all batteries. So you have to be careful who's plugging into you and who you're plugging into because there is an, a, an exchange of energy and you have to have tools and ways, i.e. celibacy, to recharge yourself and to learn how to step out into the world and be more selective for yourself and to have standards. So on the other side of this, I choose to not exploit what I'm venturing on right now. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. The the that great line is we're amazing lines, we're all batteries. We are, don't you think? A hundred percent. I always call it um shine stealers. Can you explain? Well, like for a glowing star, people oh, yeah. just try to steal your shine. To, that's what this whole world is now, especially in our business. It Even, is. Especially in comedy. Well, oh, I call them real. I call them clout shows. Oof. It's like just do a show with people that, you know, you love. But like there's a lot of clout like, oh, if I'm on this, you know what I'm saying? And it's what's what the whole social media is right now is clout. Like, oh, this person does this and they my post they're you know shared and i'm taking everyone's taking a picture with somebody to up their status as opposed to like just like someone because they're good or they're nice i get the game but there's if it's not obvious it doesn't bother me but when it's desperately obvious i get very sick and so i what you're saying is we're all batteries and people always try to drain us yes and to that point what you're saying i think if you're true in your conviction you're okay saying no and you're like just unwavering with your authenticity and you have talent, you don't need to play any fucking game. A hundred percent. I don't believe in playing a game. I agree with you. And, and you, I don't think you, like you don't put that vibe out either. No. I you're don't. obviously on, you're a little on the fringe. <laughs> don't you think? Am I wrong? That's a good, I like that you look. That's, like, a, that's a compliment, but could be taken the wrong way. No, I but I agree great. with, I agree with you. What do you mean by that? But I agree with you. Someone else told me something recently similar like that. We were talking about different groups and they're like, he was like, well, you're on kind of your own island. Yes. You don't, you don't seem to conform a lot from what I know about you. I know, you know, I only know you from a certain and in a certain capacity. And my first impression is that you're not a huge conformist, obviously. Obviously. This isn't anything. I'm not saying anything groundbreaking. Yes. I mean, your fans are probably like, "Duh!" <laughs> That's why we come back to this podcast. We we wonder if he's going to be there next week. <laughs> Commitment. Commitment is hard. Yeah. If you're being blackwalled, it's because you've tapped into a truth. Yes. So that's you, what I believe. I agree, and that's. I want to answer that first point, but the second point, what you just said is, is that's why all the people. I can't believe all these people that are such lemmings. Because they're like, well, if you are being suppressed in what you say, that means you're hitting a nerve. It's common knowledge. Why people get offended at jokes. There are jokes that just aren't funny. Sure. And they just stink. But there are other jokes if people actually physically leave, it hit a nerve. Yeah. So just the same as the opposite of when they really laugh, you hit a nerve. So if we are being suppressed, there is a reason. 
That's what's crazy. That people, it's just common sense. Mm -hmm. So, but what you just said about me being on the fringe, (laughs) I like that. Yeah. What's. It's like, I mean it as a compliment. Yeah, no, like, because I am, like, I, I'm kind of my own thing. And I mean, there's other people like that, but I really don't subscribe to a group. I know a lot of people. You know, I'm close to a few people, but I try to do every type of show and I, you know, my beliefs are my beliefs. I have to tell you, like I did a show like last week and it was pretty liberal and I'm not even considered myself anything, but I consider myself in the middle, but probably some people would say, oh, you're to the right or whatever. But, and we were all chilling, laughing. And it was beautiful. And I there's a guy that's a hilarious comic. I'm going to say Ben Glebe is probably very considered very left. Okay? I'd say so. And Ben is hilarious. I will watch him and die laughing. And he watched me. And I was doing like all vaccine jokes. And he was dying laughing. But he'll still comment on my Instagram and come at me. Oh, yeah. He, he, he likes to come at. But <laughs> And I love the guy. Like, and that's what's, that's what, me and his relationship should be for the world. Yeah, the, the because debating. We, yeah, we, we, we still hang out. We still have a lot of the same interests. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't see him that much, but like, I could sit with the guy all day in a room and laugh and joke. He is very open with his opinions and. Yeah, but he would be considered more Berkeley and I'm considered more Irvine. There should be more people like that in everyone's life. Yes, and it's the problem is that people don't do that. They they can't separate whatever this shit is. If you don't have people in your life that challenge you, then you'll never grow or evolve, and maybe that's what you want. Yes, but also the joke, I think that we're both subscribed to the humor, and the humor is, you know, Sarah Silverman always said that brilliant quote. She said, the joke's always first. Yeah. No matter what. Yep. And that's why I think we both subscribe to it. Like, if it's funny, and with that comes the respect of like, yo, this is a, like-minded individual yes that's why it's like that's what i do i don't know you like really at all yeah we don't know each other at all that's why i was inquisitive when i first got here and isn't it fascinating how comfortable we are it is very interesting well i think because we're connected on two levels i think because you we you are you're uh in the cult of jokes like you want joke cult and then the second thing is, is that you're, I don't know if I am, but I believe I am, is you're an empath. Yes. And I hate to say that because people are like, it sounds all like crunchy, but I really do believe it. Like I'm ruined with different feelings. Like that's why it's hard for me if I go to like the haha, and I love the haha, but this is an example. It's like, did I have a weird moment with this guy? Mm-hmm. Did I make them feel good? And Kyle, who works with me a lot, opens up for me. He's like, he told me, he sent me this whole thing and it was beautiful. And he said, Oh, you have emotional OCD. Interesting. And it's a whole thing. And because I don't worry about stuff like I like organization, but it's okay. It doesn't ruin me if it's out. But he's like, you always have to have your stuff cleaned up. Mm. So it's like that interaction that's done. And when I go to a club, I have 17 people coming up to me from shaking hands to fans, taking pictures to other comics to weird, like, Oh, did I talk to her long enough? Was that rude? Because then people say, Oh, I saw him. He was rude or, you know, I wasn't, you know? So I just like, I'm got PTSD from my existence from the last 
50 years, half of it fame and half of it not. And so I always want to make sure people, like, it's a done interaction. Interesting. And that's a real thing. Yeah. And I believe that, I don't know if you obsess so much. Oh, yeah, I'm obsessive. You, you do, but you're also, I would never, I don't think there's anything I could say to you that would make you run. No, I, there's not much you could say to me that could really shake and make you 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 would always make me feel comfortable. Like you you wouldn't walk away awkwardly. That's what I like about you. I like to stay in the pocket and man, dismantle whatever is the conflict. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It won't not make me feel. I'm not afraid to feel what conflict can evoke. Exactly. It's part of life. I, I want to learn from it. And, yes. And things do hurt. I feel a lot and I um, am aware of points where I get triggered and where I need to evolve and so if something happens that triggers something in me that needs to grow still these like little you know knots in your stomach that you're holding on to these like these things and in, in, in ideas and behaviors that are tethered to your past that you don't want to let go of because that requires you to let go mm-hmm. and grow I still have those. And so when those are triggered, I feel it and I will cry and I'll hurt and it'll cause anguish. But mm-hmm. a little bit of it has been let go of because I allowed myself to funnel those emotions and those energies. That's all emotions are. They're just energies or energies tethered to the past. Mm-hmm. And so when someone says or does something to invigorate that, it's an opportunity to let it go. So I, I rather sit in the pocket of an uncomfortable situation and, Ask why, ask why, and be curious as opposed to furious. Curious, not furious. So I try and stay curious about my own growth and, and triggers. Is that new? No, that's um, somebody. <sighs> I heard it somewhere. I, I can't remember. That where. was almost another. It might have been Breck. I think it was Breck. That might have been another piece Breck of merch. Breck Austin. Curious, not furious. Here's what I love too. Is like I I used to. Uh, you're not dismissive, which I love. Thank you. Because you're confident. I, I think dismissiveness is, is so... It's insecurity. Yeah, and it, it's just gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. I will di- dismiss certain people, but it's not a dismiss as, as much as it, as it is uh, you won't a let them boundary. In. Yeah, You're you, not, you boundary. don't even have enough penetration to be dismissed. And I had to practice that last night. Dismissing penetration? Will not be at Coachella this year. Where did that jump? That jump went fucking boop, boop. Oh, I get it. That was a bad name. See how quick you are? Damn. Dismissing Damn. It's a feminist folk. A folk. Damn, she's quick. A folk feminist. Can I tell you? Called dismissing penetration. She's one of. I'm going <laughs> to give you a little, your flowers right now. I told you this in the parking lot. I'm dying. You're one of. Like five people in this town that I did not want to follow. Really? Yeah. Who are the other four? Because I want to know if it's a good compliment. If you say. I'm not. Do I have to say? Oh, uh, one. Name two. Burr. Okay. Uh, Wow. uh, Yeah. Uh, 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 Orny. Yeah, Orny's a tough follow. You know what I mean? He, he, He kills a room. In a great way. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the greatest. Like, this is, these are compliments. Like, people that are like, fuck, I got to follow them. You know what I mean? And one night I was at the improv, and it was just a show of like 20 people. Or no, there was like 
50 people. It was pretty half full, but there was maybe 20, not 20 comics. That was wrong. Like 10 comics, whatever. And it was like a, you know, 15 up. And you went up like five in and you were like how you are now, but you were mad about something. And you were just, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this fucking girl is murdering. And I got to fucking follow this. And I'm like, you know, I I hate doing shows sometimes in LA because I have a life. Anyway, long story boring is, is that you're like, have to be on, you know what I mean? You have to deliver and it's like a Wednesday and they're not there and you're just killing. And I was like, fuck. So I like had to do the thing where I had to like take what you did, play off your energy for a second, bring it down, Mm. change their energy and then go back up. And I had, you know, that part, I had a pretty good set. That's, that's, yes, I had to adjust it. Because, like, she's left with, like, poor, you know, almost a standing ovation. I don't know if you remember this. And it was so funny. And I was like, that's how, like, right there, like you just said, are not at Coachella this year. It, I actually thought you were making a Coachella reference about yourself. That's how quick you are. <laughs> I've never been, but I would love to go. And I'm going to You haven't been? What did I say? Feminine? What did I say? Dismissive penetration. penetration. It's a feminist folk band, for sure. And their sisters. They were ex-Mormons. Yes. For like, sure. That was so, that was like Theo Vaughn quickness. But, but you, I don't want to follow Theo either. That's a compliment. Okay. What were we talking about? Oh, because I had to just, so I had to practice that where I don't even let someone in to have to dismiss them. So yeah, you put a boundary. You put a boundary up and you, it's. How do you know that they're going to be anno- annoying? Because sycophants are very obvious. Sycophants. So they're sycophants. Yeah. They're very obvious. Or just toxicity. Yes. And there's a lot of that in this entertainment industry. There's a lot of sycophants and, and phony balonies. And they just, they mill about. They're like gnats. They're like human gnats. And you just see them out of your peripheral and you're like, the main thing, the most important thing is to not make eye contact. Yeah. See, here's the problem is that you want to be cool, but you know the term palming? No. It was just taught to me. Teach me, sensei. So when you go to like a club and there's a bunch of like the problem with our business is it's good and it's bad in the sense, especially comedy. I stopped that. And then there it is. Whoa. All this time. So stay there. Okay, guys, we're going to start recording in three. I don't care if it's there. We're going to take it. So with comedies, there's no barrier to entry. So that's why I'm here because there was no barrier to entry. Unfortunately, there's no barrier to entry. Mm. And it's like you will, you know, out of all the people I started with, you know, she'll know one, Holtzman, who is the king of my I circuit. Just love him. Yeah, he's he's a genius. And so <laughs> there's a lot of other people that fell off. Some of them, you know, different reasons, wanted, didn't want to do it, whatever. But there's also people that just come in the open mics when you start and they're a little bit delusional. Okay, and it's most like, star. yeah, most star. And there's like, there's a fine line between there's brilliantly funny people and there's brilliantly funny delusional people. And then there's just delusional people. And so there's no barrier to entry. So if you go to a club and there's like the people that are going to go up or possibly fall in and get some spots, that's one thing. But then there's a lot of people hanging around and it's called palming. I was taught this where you have your palm out and you're like, yo, oh. man. Can I get a spot? Yo, who's your opener? Like, what's your, and it's a palm. And I always, you know, I don't really 
talk or give advice or anything. I'm always cool with everybody. But I will say, if you're a younger, up-and-coming comic, people always say, you got to go hang. You got to go hang. No. This is what I tell people. Go up and kill it on the on the beginning. Kill it on open mics. Sign up everywhere. Get used to holding a microphone. Get used to, Get a good five, seven minutes. Kill. Start putting your clips out there, all that stuff. But And then when you come to the club... You know, pop in because you might get a set. Unless you're meeting a friend or you want to see somebody you love or you want to do a tiny bit of networking. But I never did that. I always just said, I'm going to have the tightest five or six. My time was the five because then you get on TV and that's like you get your first TV spot and then you have tape and then you can take that and then you get another five. That's how it was. It was building blocks of five. So I never like hanging out the improv in the corner eating a Roseanne bar salad, which is a salad there. And, like, hoping to run into, like, George Lopez and be like, George, you think I could, like, be your merch guy? Never my thing. And a lot, and, and I'm not saying it doesn't work for people, but that's what palming is. And I think people just hanging around. Just do you. Just do it. Yeah, just do you. Just do it. Do 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 a fucking Tony Romas in Pacoima. Like, you know, do. That's what I did. And find somebody like a Ben Glebe. Yeah. A friend that is in the industry who you can bounce ideas off of and also find a mentor yes yeah and just you know keep keep up the grind like it's not about hanging out with your palm out i also feel like there's a lot of people in society that are doing that there's palming covid did that all those loans did that now everyone wants everyone's got their palms out you know i was last night i'm not to uh, ask my own day but i almost 300 people at ontario on a wednesday it's fucking great well Partially me, but I think Ontario's a hot club. And, don't don't negate it. And I was like, wow. And my first joke was, so either I'm getting more popular or, you know, unemployment's up. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, both. Because, like, <laughs> I felt like, and people didn't want to work. I did extra long set. No one left. Like, I, I felt like there's a lot of people that just don't want to work. Yeah. And whether it was the EBT or they just spend their money or whatever. Like, pe- the regular society is getting disrupted. It really is. I was talking to Diaz this morning, mm-hmm. and he was like, he said, the credit card debt's higher than ever. <laughs> Everyone's got more people out in the clubs now. You got like a couple, 40, 50 extra heads in the comedy clubs. He's correct. He's correct. He is correct. He's, he's my source to the rest of the world. He's so tapped in. That's my mentor. Yes. Yeah. He's okay. right. And everyone, it, it, you know, people are going broke, and they're out spending money. He's yeah, it's true. It's wild. It is. That's great. You, you still, you know, three hundred people on a Wednesday. I mean, I was yeah, I was, I, and because of that, but I, it's I'm just glad you brought that up. I have an award for you for last <laughs> night. Thank you. The ultimate. It's actually um, dismissive penetration award. Thank you. Yeah. Are they going to be at um, Bonnaroo? Because I know they're not for at sure. Coachella. For sure. Yeah, brah. For sure. Yeah, bro. Yeah, for sure. Now let me ask you this: mm-hmm. as a, a say female as, comic, I'm going to jump out of this window. I know. Get ready. Okay. As a woman, am I allowed to say that? Yes. As an attractive woman, am I allowed to say that? hundred <laughs> percent. Please do. Thank you. As a drip dropping smoke show. God bless. Um, because I always tell people like comedy, like when I like when I started. There was one cute ingenue in comedy. And that was me. Sarah? That was me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you like that? But I like. Sarah. Well, 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 then no. When I started, Sarah was like five years in, and she was oh. like really beautiful. Play didn't play on our looks at all, but always beautiful, right? But like sexy, but like you know, just kind of like '90s grunge. But but also before her was Janine. Oh yeah, also beautiful. Um. There's a few more I have to think about them. Uh, you said ingenue. What's that? Ingenue just that means like a young nubile. Oh, it sounds like a type of pair. Female, it could be, but like it was a freak show. Of other than that, like there wasn't as many good-looking people, you know. But like it was, you know, it was the fat guy. It was the hood black dude. It was the sweater lesbian. It was the Mexican from the valley. It was, you know, it was archetypes. It was. And then, I don't know, when I started doing comedy a lot in town again, when I feel like social media and pods started making everybody like, hey, do this, do that. And shows started becoming not just like one type of show. It's like the democracy of comedy was born, I would mm-hmm. say, seven years ago, where you I wouldn't do shows with different people, and they wouldn't do them with me. And then... We were all just like, hey, we're all in this together type of thing. Became social. You know, whatever it is, whether it's social media, whatever. There's a lot of, you know, better looking people, men and women, Mm -hmm. in the game. And it used to be like, well, that's going to distract you. You know what I mean? Uh, There was only, there wasn't, you know, you and Whitney are your own thing, you know, Liza, your own thing. You know, now there's a whole crop of people that you inspired. Now, the difference is that you three are comedians that happen to be attractive. Am I allowed to say this? Yes, absolutely. Where I do feel there are some attract... How As a, as a woman in comedy with the looks, because it used to be like, well, it's distracting. Do you... Did you go through that period in terms of like, did you, because I don't think, I think you don't play into that at all, but you could. Yeah, it's interesting. It's always been a conversation and I never. Because it was like, girls are like hating on you and guys want to F. Right. And I think what it comes down to is your material and who you are. A hundred percent. Once you get, once you open your mouth, you've won. Right. What I'm saying is in the game, when you came up. Did you think that was going to be a thing? You know, I never really put too much onus on it. Good. And I never thought it was a crutch, and I never thought it was an advantage. Okay. The only place where no, I it could be a disadvantage. For sure. Yes. The only place I saw it as an advantage when I started was that there was very few women on the bill. So I thought, oh, okay, I can, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Because the competition isn't so high. But then I realized, oh... There is no competition. That whole ideology that there's competition outside of yourself is a farce that we tell ourselves. That's that's so deep that a lot of people aren't going to get that. Well, it's... Blue ocean, you know what blue ocean strategy is? No, but that sounds interesting. Sounds like a... I don't want to cut your thought off, but... Exactly what you just said is great, but blue ocean strategy is basically the iPhone. What's that mean? Well, before the iPhone, did you ever see a phone like that? No. Exactly, because it renders... The competition useless mm. because it's a completely different entity. Interesting, and we have to take that ideology for our in- yeah. So, but the iPhone rent no one. It was so different, but it changed culture, and everyone adapted. Remember, we used to hit the bu- the 
the buttons. Yeah, I miss the buttons. Yeah, but no one thinks about that. You're no, the only person I'm with the, the buttons. Pu- I like pushing stuff. So it was considered a blue ocean product that renders the competition useless. And it did what it followed its own path. And so that's what you're saying. Do you, and there is no competition because it renders it useless. In golf, yeah. you're not going against golfers. I always tell people you're going against the hole. Right. It's just you in the hole. You in the game. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, it, it, and that's not to say it hasn't come up and become an issue. I definitely know I've been treated differently because I'm a woman. I know that I have had people t- say and do things that are severely inappropriate. But I don't think as much as other girls because I don't think I put out that energy. And I'm not saying that it's a, a responsibility either way. I think it's both the predator and the prey have some accountability and there's also, there should be responsibility taken as well. I'm saying in my own individual experience, I haven't experienced the enormity of it. Like other people, I think, because it is, it is kind of a very common situation for women to experience, you know, um, discrimination and sort of feeling gross by someone's energy i know i've i've experienced that i just don't think on a wider scale because i do have a different type of facade i'm i I don't feel like i put out uh, a lot of permeable moments where someone can get in on me like that but you don't have a wall up i don't but you have a confidence and a swagger and you hold your own i've got a i've got a i've got a screen I've got like a, I've got Venetian blinds, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. not a wall, but I, you know, I'm looking and I'm like, mm, I'm going to shut these real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to see into all of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to have a complete wall up. I do think you need to have a protective energy around you. But back to what you're saying about being a woman, I I saw it as an advantage and I still think it's an advantage. I just don't think it's something that needs to be the forefront of everything. And, and all of the discussion, like, to me, the funniest comedians are ones that you don't even realize what or who they are in the sense of having one particular angle. Mm-hmm. You just learn about what irritates them and what angers them and what moves them. Mm-hmm. So I try to stick with that. Like, what I talk about on stage is something that I really feel and something that I've experienced. Obviously, there is a... Uh, um, we do exaggerate that Mm -hmm. is art, but it has to be connected to how I really feel and what's really happened to me in order for me to be able to portray it honestly. Yeah. So, but I do think that there are girls in life and in this industry who use it in the wrong way and think that they need to be something and think that they need to be something to be accepted and think they have to dress a certain way and all of that. I used to dress more like a guy Mm -hmm. because I thought that's what I should do. I was told that, you know, you can't, you you know, don't dress too sexy on stage, which I, cause it will distract. Yeah. That's the thing that they say, but there's, I've gotten comfortable with dressing the way I feel best. And sometimes I'm in a tight shirt. Sometimes I'm in tight pants and it's not a thing because I just feel it's, I'm not trying to attract anything. I just feel good in it. Mm -hmm. I just feel confident in it. And I think if it's a distraction, it's because it's not authentic to you. You're not, you're, you're putting it on for a reason. You're not wearing it because it makes you feel good. You're wearing it because you want the attention of somebody else to make you feel good. Wait, I have a joke that I don't want to know if you're going to tell me what the truth is, but but I want to go back to what you're saying. 
Well, yoga pants. Yeah. I have this joke about yoga pants, and the woman said, we don't wear them to have men look at us. We wear them because they're comfortable. I will say I do agree with that because when I work out, I wear tight pants. I don't like the feeling of when I'm working out or if I'm going to the farmer's market. She said we we don't wear it because our butt looks good. It's because they're comfortable. That's what she said. Oh, for sure. I mean, I I work hard on my butt and I I, I want. So what is it? I I think it can be a blend of both. Because she said it wasn't. I, I, that's just not true. I think, I think that okay. the truth everywhere lies in the middle. In the middle. Always in the middle. So you, so it's the yoga pants, but you were just saying you wear stuff cause you're comfortable, but yeah. this girl said she only wore yoga pants cause they're comfortable, not because it makes my butt look good. And that's I just a, that lie. Was a lie. Okay. Good. Yeah. We all, part of feeling good is looking good. And if you take pride in your appearance, there's nothing wrong with just be honest about it. But for me working out, I like, I don't like to have sweat dripping down the back of my leg and then that catching on a loose cotton pant. Course, I can't stand it. Of course, it. working out was different. I can't stand it. I'm like, oh, I'm just oh, focusing wait. on sweat drips. Yeah, no. Which will not be, a, they won't be at Coachella either. Ooh, they might be in the Gobi tent. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but it sounds like a lot of fun. It's next to the Sahara tent. I can't believe you've never gone to Coachella. Am I missing? <sighs> okay. I'm going to go back to what you're saying, but okay. I'm going to do a disc. Just, I'm going to go off for a second. I'm going to go back it. to it, but don't let me forget it. Here's the thing with Coachella. Um, it's a lot of powder blue suits. Oh, fungal. Yeah. It's a lot of beads. Oh, no. Actually. Auth- authentic beads or no. poser the, beads? The, the thing I, no, a lot of poser beads. But there's a lot of like, it used to like, I've gone, I started going like, you know, 10, 12 years ago. I've, and that the thing after it's supposed to be incredible stagecoach. That's supposed to be like authentic, like real country, you know, people and like you know they get crazy and stuff. But um, it was fun. I've done a lot of stuff there. I've done like five or six times. But at some, I don't know. Maybe it's because I hit that fifty. But I just feel and I don't. I haven't drank in a while, and I'm not so at all. At all. Wow. For a long time. What's, like what's a long time? Over four years. Not a drip drop. Not a drop. That's great. And it wasn't trying to be sober. It was just to look better because I was puffy and I was I was did an episode of Lucifer, and I was like, damn, I'm like the character's okay, but like I look so fucking puffy, mm-hmm. and like it was just like I'm gonna and I shot a special and I was like I'm gonna not drink for three months to look better and I did. And then when I was done to celebrate, I didn't even drink. I was too tired. And I was like, then it just added another month. And then now I'm like in this crazy ass place with it. So I actually believe that. Not to digress, but. It's not digress. Where vibrations, like the vibration thing. I hate to say that in a hippie way, but how can I say this? Vibrations are real. So when people are like, I don't like your vibe, it's because they're they're putting something out that's making you feel a certain way. Like mm-hmm. That's just something that's in you. Like an essence of feeling a vibe, whatever, okay? We all know what vibes are. That, I think, booze actually lowers it. I believe, here's my deepest thought. You can call me whatever you want. I believe that booze was put here to keep us numb and dumb. And I believe like things like mushrooms, even though I haven't taken them 
in a long time, like 25 years. But wow. I, but I do believe that they're probably elevating you mm-hmm. to that other place. But you can do them. You don't have to do them. But I believe just my not having any altering consciousness. And I'm not saying you shouldn't because I think mushrooms could tap you into like seeing these other things that could be there that our senses can't tap into. Mm-hmm. But in a normal setting, booze dumbs us down. Makes us more Cro-Magnum. And your ideas, your creativeness, your spirit of hope is destroyed. Like, you don't see too many, like, fun. I I know you can say you're a happy drunk, but I can probably, if I f- hang with you the whole time, there's going to be a moment where I can see your sadness or your cry. It is a depressant. And I just feel it, like, makes you just, like, and it, it lowers your like if you believe in the pineal gland which is a real gland and you believe that if you really like meditate i know this sounds hippie but there's a science to it you can actually see the science where you can connect and like your intuition i i believe it kills your intuition meaning the being the ability to actually like kind of low-key predict things or like know that something's going to happen which people think is a little crazy i believe we can actually do and I, I agree. And I believe booze kills it. Yeah. And I believe depressant. it was killing us for a reason because they know that we would be powerful, then we won't work, and we will just be like I am, which is a non-compromising person. And so if you have a, a planet full of people that are, like, thinking for themselves, you're not going to get your fucking restaurant filled with waiters they're gonna fucking say fuck you you know what i'm saying like and that's a bigger thought but it's a simple idea you know what i'm saying and that's why i do i think it's to keep us all unified and dumb and inert yeah the same with the food like beef you know the whole thing with beef like i wasn't i never ate beef i eat beef delicious all the time now sorry and it's good it's good for you and there's a whole thing with seed oils of how seed oils are the bullshit they're horrible yeah so everything is everything they talk about which we can go on a deeper level everything that they tell you is the opposite it really is it really is and that's a deeper conversation we grew up on a uh in a culture of exploiting alcohol and cigarettes yes and processed food all three are terrible for you yes they don't do anything to further your health. They are the reason why all of our parents and maybe even some of our sisters and brothers have disease right now. Yes. And uh, uh, the cigarettes, how they are looked upon. Like I saw a guy smoking outside of a restaurant the other day. And I, I was low-key almost fucking pushed my suitcase at him. Like, <laughs> Why? First of all, it's 20 feet from any establishment. Like, more if it's an eating establishment in the state of California. That's so gross. Yeah, I don't want to fucking smell your cigarette, let alone when I just fucking ate. Okay, that's number one. Yes. Number two is people look at cigarettes like that now. And I think booze is approaching. I feel there's a lot of people that are like, yo, boo. John Mayer had a great article about seven years ago in Rolling Stone, and it says booze was a big con, and he was ahead of the curve. And I think he started, and he was like, it's not what it's cracked out to be. And I I was like, oh, my God. Like, I I used to, every time I would, like, I, I would do a movie, and we have rap party drink, you know, or, like, yep. cast party drink, or, you know, hey, we had a great week of shooting drink, or, you know, I would not try to drink too much during the weekend, but like maybe after my Saturday shows, I would drink, you know, and go to clubs. 
But like but on my Sunday shows, I'm kind of wrecked. That's just a pattern that just, you know, you get into these habits and the next thing, you know, the chicken fingers here and this, this. But booze, I think, is being looked upon as this almost coming like a cigarette. I think there's a lot of people that are like, ooh, it just doesn't feel like it was. I but think it's also, I don't want to cut you off. Am I crazy? No, I, I think that the the irony, I think, is that the more conversations we have about psilocybin and... What is that? Is that the mushroom? Yes, mushrooms. Just say mushrooms. Well, about mushrooms and things like that, psychoactive. Mind-altering mushrooms. Mind-altering mushrooms. Which might not be. Which, do you agree that this could be the mushroom and that could be the reality? I don't think anything's impossible. Got it. I, I The one thing I know for sure is I know nothing for sure. Uh, I keep I myself it. in that space and try and remain curious and open to all ideas. Yes. Some can fuck right off, like dogs in the store can fuck right off. Yes. But other ideas I'm very open to. Yes. But I do think that I, I experience over the holidays, excuse me, my first sober October. I'd never done it before. And I had never had that amount of time where I wasn't having a drink. I'm not a big drinker. I drank your normal amount in your teenage years when you live in a blue collar town that's constantly pummeled underneath the snow belt and nor'easters and inclement weather. So dark, gray, depressive, people drink. That's what goes on in those types of towns. Mm -hmm. So from the age of 16 until this past October 2022, I had had some form of a drink within the week my entire life from either one to, you know, upwards of when I was bartending, probably in the double digits of drinks per week. Because mm -hmm. as, as you're bartending, you're doing shots, yeah. and then you're going out after, and yeah. it's the culture. It is. You know, I lived in New York City for 10 years as a bartender, and, you know, I, my li thank God that my liver was able to clean itself after that era. Mm -hmm. But I say all that to say that, you know, I had drank ever since I started drinking. So I said to myself, because I'm on this path of, you know, challenging myself and, and challenging, my, challenging myself in ways of, unpacking and letting go of weights, mm -hmm. all the weights in my life. And so I, I said, well, alcohol has been a consistent, let's make it an inconsistent and see what it does. Mm -hmm. And this was also on the recommendation of, I have a doctor who's amazing, Dr. Amon, who has helped me with my brain because I've got deep into brain health after my father had Alzheimer's. And I just was looking into ways to keep myself young. Like you said, I haven't drank for four years and I f you do look young for your age and you probably feel younger than most people your age who are continually drinking. So there's science to that, like you mentioned. And I wanted to challenge myself and also work in and, and make a deposit into this journey of brain health. And so I did no, absolutely no alcohol. And I continued it through November, which was very difficult because that's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I had no alcohol on Thanksgiving for the first time since I was like 16. And it completely altered my relationship with alcohol. Uh, 100%. It'll start altering your relationships with people at Thanksgiving. <laughs> it did. It will. It It's so crazy. What, what happened? Judgments? It, judgments. And it made me realize how much of our connection in this society, and, and I can only speak for the society, it's the one I grew up in, how much of our connection is based on deflection of of real connectivity. Ooh, that's another shirt. <laughs> connection, not deflection. Well, if you're drinking, it's almost 
nearly impossible to make a connection because it is shutting, it shuts down your chakra. But that's, but that's when most people make the connections. But well, they're not connections. the irony is they make connections that are horrible. Yeah. Exactly. Of the bodily. Yes. Of the bodily type. Yes. You're not making a true soul connection. No. I met my soulmate last night. Oh my God, I fucking love her. Yeah. I went back at McGillicotties and he threw up into my mouth and I said, this is a what? Yeah. Like, the, it's not, you're not going to make a real connection on alcohol. No. But you can make connections on other drugs. And I'm not just speaking to uh, medicines. I will say medicines like marijuana and mushrooms. You talking about Xanax? I'm talking about Xanax. <laughs> Are you for real? No, I'm talking about Dunkin' Donuts, bro. <laughs> Like just this is gonna sound gr- granola, but you get already, it. You've made granola comments, but I did it in a way that I thought was scientific. Yeah, well, I think the the real and what we mean is granola for you guys listening is that's like, well, like your energy is just like really like harshing my mellow. Yeah, your chakras are mad, mad contemplated right now. Yes, what we mean by that is if you can't back it up. So like she said, chakra, but that's an actual. Thing I don't know if it's a physical thing, but you can talk about it, and they can kind of prove it exists. You can, and, yes. And if you think about it in your own space, you're able to connect to the different energy chambers in your body. I mean, our body is made up of nerve endings and bone and muscle fiber and molecules, microscopic molecules that all work together in this cohesive way. Those are all different energy fields. Yes, to not interrupt you, but so people understand when we're trying to say this girl is that you are made up of energy. These, I forget, damn, I read something. It was molecules, but there, cells were really empty, but they had energies like positive, Mm -hmm. negative ions. So that's why when they say, when people are together, they start taking each other's traits because there's something called cell jumping. Yes. And so you start. Your DNA is, is, and that's a DNA. A physical scientific fact you could prove that hippified it'd be like man you're vibe but that actually is happening like you spending time with someone if they were to do a test on you my dna would be on you somehow all over me and not in like a sexual way just yes you know and not in like a a a crime scene way yes which this podcast isn't over yet so no it's not allegedly allegedly but you're right like alcohol definitely um, mutes. Let me exactly let, those let me, chambers in your in your being. Yes, like I have gotten to such a place, and I don't even want to. So my friend, who's Randy Lubis, who's a comic, and who's you know generation, couple generations before me, he's been sober. I think six years. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but he's been not drinking for a long time. And he was like, "When you hit two, this is gonna happen. Three, and I'm not sober." Like, but I don't like, do, like once in a blue moon, I'll smoke weed, like, but I haven't done it for like 10 months, but it's just like, if somebody has a joint, I'm like, feel like oh, I don't have anything to do tomorrow, but I don't really, but like, and I'm not, they'll never know if I'll drink again, but I really don't have any desire. And what it did is it takes your next level of questioning to the next. So like I said, let's just say Thanksgiving right now, right? You're going to. You'll you'll wonder if you want to keep going, if people are going to pressure you. And then you're going to wonder what who's your relationships that you like and who you don't like if you, if you stop drinking. And then you're going to go, what food am I eating there? Maybe I don't want to eat that. And then you're going to go to, all right, like, 
who do I really want to see? And then you're going to go like, okay, what, well, what job? Like my relationships have gone six or seven deep with different things where money is weird for me now. Mm. Like I'm not, I feel cool with money, but I'm not desperate for it anymore. And I feel that like maybe because I've made some and I feel comfortable, but I've always felt I needed more, more, mm. more, more. But now it's like things are so simple. Like I, I know what we need. We don't need much. And so that kind of has opened me up to that. But they say getting one with yourself and the earth, it's like we've really overcomplicated this whole experience of For life. Sure. And that's what kind of not drinking I equated to is done. It's like, I, we don't need much. You know no. what I mean? And it's like, and that a lot of these problems we have could be taken away if we just were more sharing and simple. And I would think, man, you want to go to a club and party? Guess what? I'm not going to go to a club. I feel the same way. And I'm like, I have no desire. Yeah. And I'm, I've done it. I've lived. I'm like, am I missing out? Not really. And like, I, you find other habits and it's like, it's what's wild is you do. It just, na but it naturally happens. Yes. And it now it's taking that strength of me and I'm like, I would rather go play paddleball. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? If, if I can't book an activity between the hours of noon and seven, mm -hmm. it ain't happening. Yeah. I'm either up on stage or uh, a little bit after that or I'm in bed. Yeah. I'm not partying beyond, you know, 8 p.m. But those endorphins, you're getting your, your alcohol that way. Yes. Or just, I know, it's, I will say there's a, there is a, there was a window of boredom where I was like, this is because you're being like a, a, a good person, not a bad person if you drink, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like it makes you eat healthier. It makes you get up earlier. Yeah. It makes you, you have make better energy. You in the have morning. good choices in your life. You're not texting your ex at 3 a.m. Yes. No, I've never texted an ex on psilocybin. Uh, psilocybin. So only, only like through my mind's eye. Yes. Not on my phone. <laughs> But you will do it. What I'm saying is after the amount I'm doing it now, I do feel like I'm not bored or boring. I can just be so present. Well, that's probably because you changed your your relationship with it. And then when you change your relationship with it, you see areas in where you used it divisively, like liquid courage for whatever situation, like a pre-show drink or post-show drink or drinking so you can handle being around people. If you need something extra like that to be around people, you might just not need to be around those people. Yeah. Mine was, or speak up. Mine was never that. Mine was always just like reward. Like, Oh, mm. we worked hard this week. Yeah. Bottle. And then it became foodie, Italian, red wine, sushi, sake. Oh, see, those are my two favorites. Yes. Unfiltered sake. Woo. Nagori. Yes. Incredible. Matane. Incre I love Nagori. I know. I'm with you. I love, and, I love it. And I look, so it looked as like food, mm. but you See, know, I'm not hundred percent sober off of it. I don't want to put that. No, you don't there. need to be, but I will enjoy a sake. Yes. I'm eating and you Italian. Can. I'm going to have a freaking glass of, and Barolo. you can, and you can, a Nero Davila. Exactly. Not messing around. No. And it, it is. And I, and I do think, you know, it's probably a day where I'm going to go do that again. But right now I'm just still on this little journey I'm following. That's great. Naturally. I'm not even trying. I think that's wonderful. You should, and that's a, the key. I think keeping it simple mm -hmm. and literally going with your own flow and your life and your body and your mind, just allowing yourself to be 
You're doing pulled that. a little bit. Yes, I am. I can see it. Um, there's there's this need that so many people have, and I've had in my past to prove something. And in that feat, I think what we're searching for is purpose, and we're searching for love. I think all of us are searching for love. Yes. And you'll constantly be looking for it externally if you don't uncover the part of it internally that's holding you back from experiencing and feeling love. And all of that can be done individually, alone. And people are always so afraid to be alone. I was talking about this on my podcast recently. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely and loneliness. And all three of those things are totally normal. And I think in this society, this pharmacological society that we live in, where these feelings are profitable, it gets dangerous for the individual to decipher how much time and how I'm spending this loneliness or being alone or feeling lonely. How am I spending this in accordance to what society is telling me is normal and right? Because it's important to be alone. That's a time where you can shut out people's energy that is constipating your ability to feel your own energy flow. And it's important to feel loneliness because then you find value in your neighbors, your friends, your community. You you've become more grateful. I think people are like, oh, I'm so lonely. What was me? No, take that moment to realize how great it is to have people in your life you enjoy. Loneliness really is an example of, of how important community is. And to feel lonely, I think really is important as well for myself. I've learned that from losing both of my parents, feeling lonely isn't necessarily feeling lonely as much as it is feeling Love. mom, dad. Right there. See, and I'm never lonely. They're always with me. And the ghost whisperer of all books they pushed. They're with me. They really are. You I, just leave it. You just leave it. It's it's because you're on a great rant right now. Well, I don't think it's feeling lonely. I think what you're feeling is a loss, and that loss is indicative of where love is. Because you can't feel loss without love. Loss is the is the the shadow of love. Loss is the is the is the duality of love and feeling lonely is a sense of loss because you you've lost time with somebody or you've lost a friend or whatever it is that's making you feel lonely. There is or was once love and and I think there's always an opportunity within those emotions to discover something. I don't know why I got on this diatribe. That was just, no, but I'm telling you that is so deep. But so true that you need, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. So take a minute. You do need to center yourself because mm-hmm. people's energies will put their bullshit on you. And then if you're a people pleaser. Oh my gosh. You're drained. Right? Why did I talk, talk about that? What were we, I feel like I. Um, we were talking about loneliness. We were talking about alcohol before that. Yes. But wait a minute. Do you think that was your parents that just pushed that? For book? sure, for sure, for sure. There's been a lot of. Uh, I was just thinking about that rant, and then go back to your. Go ahead. No, just I think uh, there's been a lot oh, of. Uh, how how long how long we've we been talking? I'm gonna guess. You just you just went agape. Two hours. Two hours. What? I know. We got a show soon. <laughs> we do. We have to go to Malibu. I know. We're literally Malibu's <laughs> most wanted. Foshazy. <laughs> Wait. 
No, let's finish this thought. Wow, I'm gonna run out of tape. I are you? Yeah. <laughs> I finished this thought. This is how comfortable this we are. This next thing I'm gonna say is so important, and then the tape tape comes out. Um, no, I just I I don't know why we got on this conversation of of loss and loneliness, but I think um, being with yourself and and realizing that. Oh, I think I I know what it is. I know what it is. Just discovering that you have everything you need within you to discover and feel love. And once you figure that out, you're so much more content in the world. You're you're able to have true connections with people because your fortitude is is um, you have this sort of internal fortitude about yourself, and and you feel content because you've done the work and you've sort of implemented these tools to combat things that have hold, held you back. So alcohol being on the conversation of alcohol is, is something that can disrupt all of that. I've noticed that about myself. And so being able to be more open, there is something to that in the world of relative sobriety. If it's, if all of that is traffic on the four Oh five alcohol is a disruptor of the traffic. It's an accident. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Ax- a- axil- accidentally loop accidentally lootly. I tried to do a pun in it. I just had a car crash in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it is. Alcohol is an accident. You're Italian. I am Sicilian. A Sicilian doing puns. There's no Jew in you? No. You're a Sicilian pun. Is that is that like... Yeah, shout out my boy Flip who gives me... I'll do a joke and he'll go, you know, and he'll always give me a tag and it's puns, but they're brilliant. I love puns. I, I know. My mom was a punner. I'm puns are the best. People hate on puns, but puns to me, it's funny. If it's funny, it's money. It is. Wait, I have to, before I would go. Okay. That was so deep. And like, why don't you think, like I'm thinking about other podcasts and how they just can't even remotely go there. And it was so eloquently said, how come more people aren't talking like this? Because They are, but not enough. Because people are in that battle I mentioned before, I think. I could be wrong. They're in the battle of uh, their internal battle between the image and their essence. And so people talk about what they think will sound cool instead of talking about what they actually believe. Oh. Don't you think? Yeah. I've given That up- exhale was an approval. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up worrying about being cool. Uh, and that happened after my parents, both my parents died. I was just, I stopped- all the bullshit. No, I can tell. I, you know, that's a whole other, I'm going to run out of card. Yeah, we'll do part My two. My parents both passed, so I wanted to, can I tell you something? I can't something? believe we went two hours and we, I, I didn't know. know this. I know, I was going to talk, but we, we ran out, but I, can I just tell you this? Yes. But time, time heals. It really does. You know, mm-hmm. it is, uh, but I had a wonderful death with my father. Mm. And I had about a 70% death with my mother's issues. I have some regrets about, mm. but I'll, I'll talk about it on my pod, but you know, time helped me. Yeah. Time is an amazing and so construct. Any, it really is. And to anybody who loses people, I tell you that I suggest try to make your peace with them before they go. And if nothing happens, if it doesn't work that way, time. Yes. And being kind to yourself and having grace. Yes. Because nobody talks about the relief of loss. There's a relief in it. There's this weird there, carnal relief. 
I said this about my mother, and there's only, I'll talk about it on a pod later, but there's just three things I didn't clean up with her, but mm. they weren't terrible, but like my OC emotional D. And what you're saying, there was a release because she's been dying for seven or eight years. Ugh. And so every time we tried to time it, and then we didn't time it right, you know, that really bummed me out. And then what also happened is, is that the quantum entanglement, I don't want to go too deep, but basically how you're connected, <laughs> if you understand mm -hmm. the quantum realm, yep. that this is happening over there, but we can't see it. Mm -hmm. So you will be entangled. There's something called the entanglement. Mm -hmm. And I believe when my mother died, I felt a release because she was no longer in this realm. And even though I'm my own person doing my own thing, making my own name, my mother was still here. She had a hold on me. But low key, I still feel there's a different version of that hold from another realm. Absolutely. I didn't mean to laugh in the middle of that. I just, no. you said, I don't want to get too deep. And then you mentioned the quantum realm. I know. And it, it got so deep. I didn't mean it, but it's a simple thing. It's, that's, that's I, all. I think that's, I felt my father die 3,000 miles away. And I believe that. And I believe that that's real. Like you actually physically felt that. Mm -hmm. I did. Yes. Yes. Part two? Yes. That's a weird way to end it. Guys, we're available <laughs> for birthday parties. <laughs> Small quinceañeras. Small ones, <laughs> not big ones. <laughs> um, I love you. I love you too. And that was amazing. And we, we will get into the deeper part the next time, although we were fucking 10 feet in. I mean, we, and the feedback's back. Yes. Oh, fuck. What the fuck? Do you want to shout out where you're going or your socials? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going out on tour starting 420. Whoa. Hey, up in Everett, Washington. All my tour dates are on jessiemay.com. And my podcast is Sharp Tongue Podcast. Yes. And I have a show coming out on Netflix at some point. I don't know when. Ooh. Because that was a pointless plug because I have no information. Ooh. Congratulations. <laughs> That's the only I have at some point. Big. Yeah. And if I see you in the grocery store with your dog, I will have a problem. Okay, Bethany. Leave those dogs at home. Yes. You know where I'm at, guys. JamieKane.com. Like, subscribe. Peace. Peace. Oh, fuck. Me. I can't believe I knocked down all of your decorations. You're good. <laughs> I'm That's so sorry. Fine. Hold on. Oh, oh I my Jesus. This is coming out of the wall.